Is global health being over-medicalised? I'm Helen MacDonald, Analysis Editor at BMJ, and I'm now joined by Jocelyn Clark, who's in the middle of a monsoon in Bangladesh. Jocelyn is Executive Editor at ICDDRB Dhaka, Bangladesh, and former editor at PLOS Medicine and BMJ. Thanks for joining us, Jocelyn. There's a lot going on for global health at the moment with these Millennium Development Goals drawing to a close and the replacements being debated. And your article, in a way, adds to that debate by taking a very big picture view and asking whether we're medicalising global health too much um, and questions whether the solutions to global health problems really lie in healthcare. Um, can you start by telling us how you got into this subject area? Yeah, I mean, in my decade working as a medical journal editor, um, I saw increasingly that journals were covering issues of global health. Um, but at the same time, it seemed to me that there was a medicalization of these global health problems which occurs when global health issues, which are so strongly linked to poverty and inequity, um, instead get defined and framed in medical terms. And then the solutions developed for them are similarly um, medicalized. There are three issues in particular that have risen to the fore, global mental health, non-communicable diseases, and universal health coverage, and all of them um, exhibit features of medicalization that I felt were um, of great concern because too narrow a view um, of both defining the problems associated with these issues around the world but also the solutions um, will limit our success. So tell us a bit about each of those three things. How, how is global health um being medicalized in terms of mental health, for example? There's evidence of medicalization that takes the form of um, various conditions, particularly global mental health and NCDs, where those conditions are being defined as diseases and framed in medical terms, such as non-communicable um, diseases being an epidemic, a global emergency. Um, in all cases, recommended strategies tend to be treatment ones including physical interventions like drugs, devices, vaccines, more doctors, more medical monitoring. And we know that that will be a problem because healthcare is but one determinant of health. So in the global mental health area, for example, even though the movement acknowledges that there are human rights issues associated with those suffering from mental health around the world, um, their focus tends to be on the scale-up of treatment and it frames those conditions with diagnostic categories and disease entities, very much kind of reminiscent of the disease-mongering um, phenomenon. So if you were to take a less medical model of global mental health, what kind of issues would, be, would we be tackling? What's missing from this um, framing of global mental health is um, the cultural, the local meanings that exist um, in developing countries where different concepts, different perceptions of mental health um, exist and which really challenges that idea that these disease categories and treatments can be universally applied across culture. The other major limitation that I see in the medicalization of global mental health is how it describes and talks about human rights. The movement currently tends to focus on human rights in 
relation to improving access to healthcare. But genuine human rights protection requires um, the movement to look at deeper issues that underlie mental health conditions, which include things like social injustice, inequalities, gender, etc. I see. And you said that we we've learnt that taking this approach isn't always the best. And in your in your article, you talk about some lessons from history where we've seen that big gains in healthcare have often not come from medical solutions to problems. Yeah, that's one really central feature of medicalization is that it fails to account for the broader social and political context, sometimes um, referred to as the social and political determinants of health. So these include things like income, education, nutrition, the environment, housing, um, the political environment, etc. And medicalization, because it tends to individualize problems and solutions, because it tends to be reductionistic, doesn't account for those broader contexts. So, for example, in the um, agenda for non-communicable diseases, recommended strategies tend to be focused on um, individualized ones. That is, they place the responsibility for the problem and the solutions for the problem of, of non-communicable diseases. These are things like cardiovascular disease, diabetes, common cancers in the individual, placing the responsibility for making behavioral change, for example, with the individual, disregarding the fact that there's a social context around individuals' behavior that influences their choices. And that might include things like, for dietary risk factors, might include things like the availability, the affordability, the acceptability of food. And it also certainly includes things like the marketing practices of food and beverage companies of alcohol companies, um, which very powerfully shape people's behavior. Individualizing and medicalizing the NCD agenda um, fails to take account of those broader contexts. And that's interesting. Later in your article, you talk a bit more about commercialization and and really questioning, as we design these new goals, whose interests and whose um, priorities we have in mind when, when we set up how to tackle them. Um, tell us a bit about some of the pitfalls there. Taking individualized strategies, which as I said is a key feature of medicalization, provides cover for industry. It then deflects attention away from um, the social and political action needed, um, which might include things like um, restriction or regulation of, of industry's activities. In the case of the food and beverage um, companies, this might include, um, you know, forced reduction of, of salt in processed food, the banning of trans fats, nutritional labeling, minimal pricing for alcohol, etc. But a medicalized ag agenda tends to focus on the individual, discounting those other activities, which is why industry supports it, because it serves their interests. In the area of global mental health, with such a focus on um, treatment directed at the individual in the form of medications for disease, that obviously allows um, for the pharmaceutical industry to count on expanded markets, especially as new treatment areas are, 
are promoted. So medicalization of the global mental health field very much serves the interest of the pharmaceutical industry. And the final, the final goal on the table is this goal of achieving universal, universal healthcare coverage. And again, commercial aspects of that were concerning you also. The universal healthcare coverage campaign is a really fascinating example of medicalization. Because unlike global mental health and non-communicable diseases, where these take health conditions and define and treat them in medicalized ways. The interest with the universal health coverage campaign is that it positions access to health care as the singular priority in global health. But what's really interesting about universal health care is really how uncritical um, most of the literature around it is. Number one, that it conflates the ability of health care to deliver better health. Secondly, it tends to be focused largely on um, curative services at, delivered at the individual level rather than in population health goals. This then provides a space for industry because the focus is mostly on financial and technical issues and it doesn't really do anything to ensure things like equity, quality, acceptability, etc. So those are largely political choices. How a country decides to commit to and invest in a system of universal health care coverage and commit to and invest in ensuring that it um, has full population coverage, that it's linked to population health outcomes. Where industry then can come in is with no assurance of delivery being a, a public good, um, it then creates a vast space for private health insurance companies, for private health care um, systems to really exploit um, the, the commodification of health needs and to really flourish under a system that doesn't ensure um, equity and quality. So what do you see as the solutions or the, the issues that as these new sustainable goals are developed um, should be being discussed? What, what I'm arguing is not that we abandon medical and technical innovation in health. I mean, there's lots of evidence that um, medical interventions, whether they're around immunization or skilled birth attendants and others, have had massive contributions to health gains um, around the world. My argument is that there's more balance on the agenda um, between medical and technical interventions on one hand and the social and political actions that are required on the other. This will ensure more effective, more successful, um, and more population-wide benefits. Ways that we can do that, number one, we need to be much more vigilant about how the agenda is fashioned and that we resist attempts to individualize the agenda such that strategies are going to be relying on individuals to make behavioral choices to improve their health and instead recognize the growing evidence for population-wide policy interventions that are much more effective um, in the long term. And that includes things like market interventions, regulating industry, um, urban planning, etc. The other is to introduce more attention to some of the underlying drivers of these problems. That includes things like poverty, injustice, human rights. These are issues that medicalization um, does not focus on, and in, in, in fact it almost entirely ignores those social drivers. But ignoring, ignoring them doesn't make them go away. Um, 
we, we need to be much more vigilant about um, focusing on the social and political issues that surround um, some of these global health problems. And in terms of industry involvement, my argument is that um, we need to counter what seems to me to be a real dominance of the professional and the industry view in fashioning the global health agenda and instead encourage more participation of civil society, more engagement of um, progressive, independent NGOs to try to challenge and counter some of these um, medicalized definitions and solutions. And much more transparency about um, the potential conflicts of interest that exist when industry has a seat at the table as we set the agenda for um, global health in the future. Jocelyn, thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you.